this series on communion, um, we are going to talk about justice today and justice of the kingdom of God. And, and so I think this is an important theme, but, but to give you some kind of background as to how we landed in this space today, um, talking about justice, what we're going to do, uh, this series was planned out months ago, and it was, the calendar was laid out. And so um, in the meantime, I went to uh, travel with my friend David, who's from Compassion, and he invited me down to El Salvador uh, to go travel with several other church leaders and go see what Compassion is doing in on country or in country on the ground. And so, of course, I said, yes, of course, that'd be awesome. And so I go down and we see what Compassion is doing. Compassion is empowering the church. It's, it's a parachurch organization, okay? And so here's what a parachurch organization, Functioning Healthy, does. They come beside the local church, and they empower the local church to do the works of ministry that God is calling them to do, right? And then that's what I saw. I saw compassion. I didn't see compassion banners. I didn't see all this marketing stuff. What I saw was the local church being empowered to do the stuff, and it was awesome, all right? And so as David and I are coming back, he lives in Lakeland here. We go to lunch together. I'm like, dude, how can we be um, more a part of what compassion is doing? And so he says, well, there's this thing called the compassion experience, but that's for churches like 1,000, 2,000 kind of mega church deals, okay? And so, but he goes, we just started this thing called compassion journey, all right? And compassion journey, uh, it fits in your wheelhouse because it's for smaller churches and it takes people through the day and life of a child uh, in a developing nation. And so we said, yeah, let's do this. And, and we picked out some dates and they were the 19th, 20th, and 21st. And so I put it, you know, I just put it in the um, calendar. And all it said was above, above that was communion. And then, you know, then what the series title is called, the subject of that. So I look later on when I have a bigger calendar, because on the phone, you know, it really abbreviates. So I go to my desktop calendar, and I look, and I say, you are kidding me. I said, we're going to talk about justice on the day that compassion's coming here. So God just, in, even in the most minute, little intricate things, lines up this day, this time, this space, uh, here today on the 21st to talk about compassion and to talk about justice of the kingdom. And so when we talk about justice, I believe that we should know how to articulate what justice of the kingdom looks like. And we want to define what justice is. And so today, if you guys know, um, if, you've, if you're breathing, you've noticed that uh, social justice is a big thing, right? Now, it's been a big thing for, for centuries in one form or the other, but we've seen social justice movements taking place. And, and some of us like them, some of us don't like them. Um, some of us like their actions, some of us don't like their actions. Some of us like part of what they do, but the other part's weird, Right? Is anybody in the same boat? That's me, right? There's a movement, and you guys know this. And I'm going to tick some people off today. I just want to preface that. My email address is andy at lakelandvineyard.org. I would prefer that you call me, though, here at the office so that we can have a face-to-face -face or something like that, okay? But I want to say this. So there's this movement called Me Too. Anybody familiar with that? Now, I would not do everything that they're doing. But can I say this about them? They're bringing attention to the fact that women are human beings, and that they're equal, right? And so would I do half the stuff that they're doing to bring attention to that? I wouldn't. Do I think that women are super important? I have four daughters and a wife, 
The answer is yes, okay? They're super important, and it's not just because of that. Like, have you guys seen, like, women do work with people? It's way cool. Like, my wife is so organized and crazy able, and so she, guess what? She has rights, all right? And so we want to see women empowered, right? And so that's a, that, to me, a part of what they're doing there is they're making this, this, this known, okay? And then in my life, too, I have three um, black children that are really close to me, all right? And uh, two of them are my sons, and one of them is my daughter. And so there's this movement called Black Lives Matter. And we don't, listen, I wouldn't do half the stuff they do, but it's bringing attention. And so I was in Michigan, you know, the north where no racism exists, just kidding, okay? And so I saw a lot of what we would term as rednecks up there. It was crazy, all right? And like staring and stuff. To one point, I was so mature, I looked at this person and I said, they're black. And then I walked away. I mean, the ultimate immature right here. I just, as your example, I would like to. So, um, and so the deal is this. Would I do or say the things that they're saying Black Lives Matter? No, but is it bringing attention to a problem? If we're so blind to say that racism does not exist in America right now, then we're just blind. Okay? And so there's these movements um, that are happening. Now, I want to say this. It's bringing a voice to people who are unjustly either used, mistreated, pushed aside. It's bringing a voice to them. It's a voice that they can be heard. And I want to say this. Justice is important to Jesus. Justice is important to Jesus. As a matter of fact, it is, it is the interwoven fabric of the gospel. It's the interwoven fact, fabric of the narrative of the Bible. Okay? And I want to propose this. Could God use those movements to bring justice? And I think the answer uh, is yes. But let's define what justice is, all right? Justice is the moral, moral principle determining just conduct. Now, in order to get a better understanding of what that means, we have to define the word just then, all right? So just is defined as this, guided by truth, reason, justice, and fairness, done or made according to principle, and it's equitable, and it's proper, okay? And so what I want to present this morning is this, that the justice of the kingdom of God is the ultimate justice, all right? And so in that, what we're going to see is this, the kingdom uh, the kingdom justice is informed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? And so we have a job as a church body, as members of Christ's church, is to bring justice to the world. And so what we want to do is we want to see, and this is why I believe that you see social justice movements go radical, is because they're not founded in the gospel, but I believe that we have the ultimate truth in Jesus so that we can interact with these people, intelligently talk about what justice is, but we are coming with the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to actually make an impact and change, right? Our justice is informed by the gospel, and that makes the ultimate difference, and the ultimate truth is found in Jesus. 
So today I want to look at a scripture in Matthew 25, 31 through 36. But before we go there, what I want to say is that there's two parables that are told before this uh, about the 10 bridesmaids and the three servants. Now, what I want you to do is on your own, at the beginning of chapter 25, read those when you get home, right? We do not have time uh, today to go through those, but I do want to give you, give you a clue of what they're talking about. And I believe that these are some of the questions that are being asked in these parables. How are you using your time? How are you using your money? How are you using your resources? How are you using your gifts? And can I just say this? Every one of you in this room has a gift. You are not, you know, just floating through the ether and then you die and then a tree comes out of you. Okay? Your life right now has a purpose and a plan right now. And so you have a gift to offer. And then I believe that the last question is this. Who did you invite or who are you inviting to the table? All right? Because there's always room for one more. And so as we look, I just want to preface that or give context to the story that begins um, in verse 31. And it says this in Matthew 25, 31. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit upon His glorious throne. All the nations will, get, will be gathered in His presence, and He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from goats. He will place the sheep at His right hand and the goats at his left hand. Now, beginning in 34, we're gonna get a clue as to what is this justice of the kingdom? Like, what does it look like specifically? Because if you're like me, that's what I wanna know. I always wanna know, what is the why for the what of what we're doing, right? And so he says this uh, in this story. It says this, um, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Now, that's what kingdom justice looks like. And so if, if we're going to do this, then I have another failure story to tell you. I suck at judging people, okay? You might say it this way, I'm really good at judging people, all right? But I don't know if you guys are with me on that, but person walks in, I've already met, I've got them, I've got them profiled already. I know what this person is, I know what they're about. I haven't even said, I don't even know their name. And I'm already either writing them into the story or writing them out of the story. Okay? That is in my church leadership course. Okay? Automatically write people off. No, that's horrible. Okay? And I don't have a church leadership course. So here is the deal. It, I'm horrible at that, though. And I'm asking God, God, would you come and, and, and re, reprogram my brain and my heart um, to see people like you see them? All right? And so when I see somebody, and there's a lot of stuff, guys. In life, there's a lot of stuff I don't understand. Maybe you're with me on that. Uh, you know, I don't understand. Uh, can we just be open and real? Um, I don't understand 
uh, transgender. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Okay? But here's what I know. God loves those people. I don't completely understand homosexuality, but here's what I know. God loves those people. I don't understand arms dealing, but God loves those people. I don't understand people who would sell other people and traffic them, but God loves those people. And then I look in the mirror and I know this, that God loves me. And the stuff that we do, right, like that no one else knows about, but we judge other people because you got stuff going on in your life, I hope. Not I hope, like that's a good thing, but you got secret stuff that, you're, dude, no one knows. Like everybody does, and God loves you. So here's what I'm trying to ask God. God, could I extend the same grace that you've extended to me? Could I extend that to other people? And I love this because it goes on. I want to I talk about how we see other people because I believe it's so important. It says this. It goes on in Matthew uh, 25, 37. It goes, um, then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing when did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? Now, I don't know if you've ever looked at it this way, but do you understand the amount of humility that's in that questioning? Like, they're literally like, when did we do that? Right? And so it speaks to this in James, um, a book that's just beyond Hebrews, and right before Peter, it says this. Um, it says this about um, in James 2, 14, it says this, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Uh, suppose you see a brother or sister that has no food or no clothing, and you say to them, goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person food or clothing what good does that do? You see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith and others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say uh, you may have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without deeds is useless? Now, here's what I believe. I believe that actually the deeds thing, we're not, every time that we do something good, every time that I hand a bottle of cold water or open a door, I don't believe that God is giving me a gold star. Okay, here's what I believe. I believe that, that I'm in a relationship with Jesus Christ and it's a saving relationship that is transforming my life and therefore, because I know that and I know the reality of who Jesus is and I've been intersected with truth that is Jesus, then out of that comes the deeds. It's not I'm appeasing this God who's out there. I'm just saying, God, thank you for what you've done in my life. I wanna introduce people to this Jesus, to the ultimate truth, to, every, to everything that matters is found in Jesus. And what I'm finding in my life is that I'm, I'm learning to give away a little bit more of the control that I want to grip all the time. 
And so here we come to this crossroads, and, and I liken it to this, like I've traveled a, a lot, and I've seen a lot of stuff, and, and every time that you go to a developing nation for the first time with someone who's never been out of the country, you guys ever traveled with someone like this? Okay, what does their face look like? Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain this to you. You land in the major city of the developing nation, okay? You immediately notice that, hey, this is not... Uh, Tampa Bay International Airport. That's the first thing that you notice. I mean, it looks pretty nice because you're in the capital. Most places look pretty nice. Uh, smaller probably than what you're used to, but, but nonetheless nice. You do notice that when you walk off and you, you either are on stairs that go down to the tarmac or you're walking in a really hot, what is that tube called? What's, what's it called? Yeah, gateway, okay. And you're like, whoo, that's warm. Okay, so... You go, and you notice there's like bigger buildings in the capital city, but you do notice there's some trash on the ground, okay? So you're like, am I in New Jersey? No, I'm kidding. Um, And so you go, and then you go out to what would be like our type of area, so more rural, okay? And then you notice like, man, there's a bunch of trash all over the ground. And then as you're going out further and further, you, you, you begin to see these what you think are uh, for sure that cannot be someone's home. The person next to you informs you that that's someone's home and that probably 10 or 12 people live there, right? And you see these people, they, they, they start, their jaws start to drop a little bit and then inevitably half of them end up crying, okay? And their first thought is this most of the time, we need to make this place more like America. We got to clean it up, bigger houses, infrastructure. What are we doing here? All right? And then you meet a family who lives with 10 people in this hut, and they're smiling bigger than you. And you ask this question, how does that happen? Like, you don't have uh, running water in here. How could you possibly be this happy? Like, you have to plant your own food. I have a place called Publix. I would love to take you to. And we, we try to bring our experience in. What I've found is people try to bring their experience into the context of that moment. And it doesn't fit. And it's what these people know. And we start to feel sorry for these people, but then we realize maybe we're the ones that should feel sorry for ourselves. And then here's what happens, typically. Someone gets back, their, their life is um, dramatically changed on the trip, um, and and three weeks later, um, you see them in line at Starbucks, and they say something like, um, you made this, definitely, I asked for two pumps of simple syrup, and this is just black coffee. This is unacceptable. And you're like, wow. Okay? So that's, that's my own story, right? Except simple syrup's not me, Okay? I like black coffee anyways. So, um, but anyways, but we can do this and we can forget the experience. But nonetheless, we have to make a choice in that moment. So, so I believe that, that when we intersect the reality of developing nations, we, we can either forget about it or we can understand that that's happening. And then what are we going to do about it? Right? Because it's so easy to do this. There's nothing going on. Everything's perfect in my world. But when, when we see the world as it is, we say, man, there's a lot going on. 
And what is the small part that I can play to make a huge difference in somebody's life? You know, I heard it said one time, it was so cool, um, live simply so others can simply live. And so here, here's what the deal is. These developing nations, um, yes, they're exploited, but they don't, they don't need to be another America. Okay? I believe that um, people need to show up and do, this, do the stuff that God's calling them and equipping them to do. All right? And I just want to encourage you with that. All right? That, that people, um, people in rural um, Africa, in, in the the outskirts in the Dominican Republic, God is doing stuff in their life. And we may never show up and it may never look like America and it may never have the living conditions, but we're gonna strive so that these people can live in a condition where they're being fed and where they're being justly treated, right? And so we can do that. We can make a difference. I mean, I know there's a couple here. uh, They're not here today, but um, they have a passion to see human trafficking end. Okay, what are they, what are they doing about it? You know, and, and it feels like you're swimming in an ocean. You know? But let me tell you something. You can make a difference in, some, in somebody's life, which I believe in turn changes the world. And so I believe it's like this. When we're confronted with the reality of Jesus Christ and who he is and how he is the ultimate uh, truth and that everything that is good flows out of him, that, that um, new things come from Jesus, restoration comes from Jesus, transformation comes from Jesus. We're confronted with the reality of who he is and we have to make a decision to say, yes, I want to follow you or no, that I don't. And now I want to just be real for a moment. How many times in our lives do we say no to Jesus. We don't say it out loud and, or express it, but by our actions, we say no. As simple as this, like walking out of Walgreens before asking that girl. I didn't say anything. I didn't get in a fight with anybody about it. I just said no. In my heart, I said no. And so I wonder how many of us do the same thing. And, and how many of us, and here's what the good part about that story is, I forgot to tell you this, nobody died. Everybody was still alive. I finished my walk. Um, she went on working. And um, at, to my knowledge, she's still alive. And, and so am I. So that's good. But we're confronted with this reality, and we have to choose. And I believe that when we start to choose Jesus, that all of our actions and considerations begin to be formed by this truth. See, I believe that our actions and considerations are formed by this truth. I believe that we spend money differently when we're confronted with the reality of who Jesus is. I believe that we spend our time differently when we're confronted with the reality of who Jesus is. I believe that we use our resources differently when we're confronted with the reality of who Jesus is. I believe that our invitations to the table extend way beyond people who are just like us when we're confronted with the reality of who Jesus is. And so justice of the kingdom of God for Jesus. This verse is so powerful. I hope it hits you like a sock full of pennies. Um, Just across the head. And so Matthew 25, verse 40 says this, because they were asking previously, like, when did we do this? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. 
That is an awesome verse. When you do it to the least, you're doing it to me. And so I don't know about you, but this has changed my perspective, and it's beginning to change my perspective, my heart perspective, my head perspective on the way that I look at people, the way that I see people, the way that I understand what the solution to the problem is. The the solution to all of our problems in the world is Jesus. Now, you might say, Andy, that's, that's just too simple. I think it's the most complicated thing that actually anybody can say. It is simple in the fact that there's a simple gospel. It's complicated in the fact that we have to walk then in faith and say, yes, Jesus, I'm going to let go of my life. I'm going to let go of my financial resources, my time, resources, uh, anything that you want to do, you can do. I'm even going to let go of like, this is crazy now. I'm going to let go of my political party affiliation. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And I'm going to say, God, do what you want to do. Here's the deal, guys. I'm just going to be honest with you. Jesus Christ is the answer. And I I personally don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. I don't because I'm an independent. So I love you both, all right? And so, but I don't think that's the answer, right? I just want to brag on you a second. I want to talk talk a little bit about money. Here at Lakeland Vineyard, we set set aside 10% of the general contributions that come in. And this year, we're aiming at um, uh, general contributions uh, to be somewhere around uh, $220,000, okay? That means this, $22,000 is going to go to helping people in this body who need financial assistance, okay? Here's another thing that you all have done, and that isn't like a clap for me, that's a clap for you all. Here's another thing that you've done. You have pledged to missions $31,000, all right? This is an average church of about $120,000, $31,000. So let me just say this. You have a giving heart, right? You give and you respond. You do other things. You meet 40 people's needs during Thanksgiving. 40 families have Thanksgiving meals because of you all. Kids this year in our community are going to have gifts and food this Christmas because of you all. Kids this year coming up just in less than a month away are going to have school supplies to start the school year. And they're going to have a meal that's provided for them because you give. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, God, like I'm getting ahead of God on this. I'm going to be honest with you. But I'm like, as we grow, what is that going to look like? Oh, is that going to look like $61,000 in missions? Is that going to look like $44,000 being provided for people that maybe they're just having a rough go right now? I believe this. The answer to the problem is not a political solution. I believe that it's found actually in the church. And you guys are doing it. You guys are meeting people's needs. You're meeting people where they're at right now. And so as a church, we're doing this, all right? And let me just say this. I'm not saying, ah, don't pay attention to the news and politics and all that. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying this. Lay it all before God, knowing that he's the solution, all right? I just want to encourage you with that because justice is important to Jesus. And here's what it looks like. When the justice of the kingdom comes, 
It brings us new sight. It brings us new ways of hearing. It brings us new hope or renews our hope, all right? It brings new life. It brings a new grace. It brings a new peace like we've never experienced before because Jesus is alive and well. And so what I want to encourage you with today is this. I want to challenge you to see people. And we have the great privilege of seeing kids today in front of us. Now, they're just on these cards. But those cards, to the left side, there's a human being and a picture of a human being. And here's what I want to encourage you with. For $38 a month, you can change a kid's life. All right, and I want to encourage you to do that. If you have the ability to do that, I just want to encourage you to do that. Our future plans are to go down. All of our children are going to be in a section of the Dominican Republic. And we're going to go down one day, and we're going to meet these kids. And in the meantime, Compassion beautifully sets this up where you can write them. You can send them. If you know you have a great month, you can actually send extra money via Compassion. That might provide for another 50-pound bag of rice so that they can eat well that month. You know, and I just want to encourage you uh, to do that. I believe that today, Lakeland Vineyard, you get to change the story of a kid's life. And so that is an awesome opportunity. And so I just want to encourage you uh, to do that. But as we wrap up here today, the reason that we come to the table The reason that we have communion is we want to reflect on, you know, and we did earlier, we want to reflect on what is Jesus doing? What is the justice in the world that needs to be done? What are the injustices that as a church we can correct? And how do we partner with him in that? I want to end today, I want to do some, um, I want some people to pray. Um, Listen, if you're not the type of person that's like, hey, I'm going to come up front, I get it, okay? Um, we're going to have a couple that's at the back. If you guys want to go ahead and go back there. So Dan and Katie, they're standing up right there. They're going to be back like where the coffee was, okay? And so if you just want to talk to them, um, I just encourage you to do that. Um, Katie is really sweet, okay? So I hope she does most of the talking. And uh, no, I'm just joking, but... uh, but no, she, I wasn't joking about the sweet part. Yes, you are very sweet. Um, just watch out for Dan, okay? That's all I'm saying. No, but we want to do this, you know, but I want, there's two things that I want to specifically pray for. One is if you, if you don't know who Jesus is, but you feel like, man, there is some, I want to know more about Jesus. Okay, I want you to talk to Dan and Katie before you leave, right? And you might be like, well, like, I know Jesus, but I'm really holding on to my life. And I really want to actually, like, follow Jesus and not just know him. So if that's you, uh, you know, not right now, but, but when, when you're leaving or whatever, stop by uh, and talk to them. Now, the next one uh, is, is a little more uh, specific. And for this one, you're just going to stand. And, um, and if you're on, you know, leadership or whatever, you're the ministry team today, Okay. And so here's the next one, is if you feel like, and I just, this is going to make people, this is going to be completely, we have to be completely real. If you feel like you've lost compassion, right? 
So you, like me, have lost this thing, um, and you have a hard time seeing people through God's eyes for who they are. I just want you to stand up, if that's you, all right? Because I believe that God is going to do some stuff today in your life. So if that's you, anybody else? You just feel like you've lost compassion, right? Cool. All right. Now, here's the deal. This is the next thing, because I believe this is also something that's, and this is going to be a Dan and Katie thing, too. If you've become cynical, or you feel like cynicism is kind of, you know, in you, and you're like, oh, you're just kind of jaded, like, what is God? What is he doing? Like, I used to be in love with him, but I don't know if that's you, all right? I want you to see Dan and Katie, and, um, and lastly is this, is racism. I believe that God wants to, wants to take that away from, from people. And so that, that's kind of vulnerable, right? It's like, what do you mean? Like, I just want to say this. And, it, and you might be a product of your environment, right? So you were raised around people maybe that that was just normal stuff. They talked about other people in a very derogatory way. And some of that stuff fell off on you. And not only did it fall off on you, but it kind of stuck with you. And so in your heart of hearts, you really struggle sometimes. And so I would, I would say to you, I, w- I would love for you to get prayer about that. It doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you someone who's saying, God, that really needs to change in my heart and in my life. And so I'm just going to pray. You can stand. What, you can stand up. That's cool. Yeah. We're going to have some people come over and pray with you. Isaiah, um, you can take, will you take Evie with you? And she can pray too. Cool, all right? And so we're going to end it like that, and they're just going to talk to you, all right? And they're going to pray with you, all right? But I just want to, um, I just want, uh, will someone go with them? I don't know, Sarah, you go back there, thanks. All right, so let's, uh, everybody, let's go ahead and stand up then if you're able to. Hey, God, thank you so much that you're here in this place, that you have, you've come. You're here, and we thank you for your presence. And God, I pray that we would be more like you. You know, I don't have all the answers. I don't have the, all the solutions. There's this mystery in you. And, and God, I know that justice, though, is, is a major theme in the gospel. And it's a major theme in your word. And I just pray, God, that, that we, would, we would lean into you. We would be the church. We would be your body to our community called Lakeland and to the Medela area, God. God, I pray that you would come in us and that you would take away the things that we're holding on to that, that are hindering us from knowing you more. And from doing the things that you're calling us to do. And I thank you, Jesus, that your grace is so crazy huge that we can't even comprehend it. And like, you want to come and you want to heal us. So I pray that you would do that today. 
Father, as we leave this place, would you help us to be the church to the people around us so that they can come to know you, that your truth would intersect them and then take over their lives. And I pray that for our lives as well. God, help us to choose to let go of the things that we're holding on to so that we can follow you more. God, I pray for every kid that is being sponsored. I pray that you would just intersect their lives with the power of the Holy Spirit. God, and I thank you that we get to be a small part of something big. In Jesus' name, amen.